Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Cinemazing Chats. On this episode, we're joined by my brother-in-law, Joseph. Hello. And with me, as always, is Erica. Hey. On this episode, we're going to be discussing Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, which is an adaptation by Luc Besson, the acclaimed French director of such films as The Fifth Element and Leon, and most recently, I think he directed Lucy. I don't know any of those movies. (laughs) I like The Fifth Element. Oh, right. Fifth Element. (laughs) Yeah. So I was actually really excited. Uh. I was actually really excited for this one because I also loved The Fifth Element and I was all down for Luc Besson to get his hands back in the whole uh, aliens and sci-fi stuff and some fun with it. But right away, um, so I never saw this in the theaters, so I think I really missed a part of it because it was clearly sort of engineered for 3D. Like there's a lot of things flying at the camera or like people running sort of into the screen. And I think I probably missed out a lot from that element. In my mind, I kind of think of it uh, similar to Avatar. Mm. I saw it in theaters, but I didn't see it in 3D. And uh, I actually just... I prefer movies to be in 2D. I don't know. I, 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 it was visually beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was a cool movie in that respect. That's true. Um, I think that was probably definitely the highlight of the film were the visuals, which were very lush and like really well done. I'm not quite sure who did the effects, but I imagine it was some, so- some sort of French effects shop. And I thought they did a really great job with like the humanoid aliens, just making them look realistic. Mm-hmm. And sort of all the wacky other like alien designs but for some reason whenever they did outdoor visuals um they looked really like sort of plasticky to me like a <laughs> ps2 game or something I don't know what happened there. oh yeah that beach yeah exactly the beach they went to a couple of times yeah it did feel like a video game Hmm. And I guess we should sort of mention at the beginning that there's this really cool montage where they sort of show how space travel uh, changes over the decades. They show you a few different dates, but eventually it ends up in 2550. And it just shows you um, like humans meeting aliens for the first time, then meeting more aliens, different robots and stuff. And I thought that was a really strong moment of the movie. Just that whole montage was really cool and interesting idea. I really liked that. They and they started up with it being different people. Like they had like uh, uh, Indian, Chinese, and uh, they started at 2020. <laughs> you know, we're not even close to something like that yet. But I thought that was pretty cool. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh, Pablo, I remember when we were watching it, you made a comment that... Um... Some of the aliens, when they got to meeting other species, what they looked like something in the fifth element. So I was like, is oh. this the same universe in canon or whatever? Mm. <laughs> yeah, they show this one type of alien that looks very similar to the one from the fifth element that starts that movie, like the Egyptian sort of bird looking ones with like the full body armor. Mm-hmm. And I saw just a flash of something that looked like that. So I was like, could this be in the same universe? <laughs> Hmm. Well, I mean, that fifth element's in the future, right? Yeah, exactly. It, could, it certainly could. I mean, that's on Earth. Oh, okay. And I thought the premise was kind of interesting. It's almost similar to, like, a Star Trek or something, um, specifically Deep Space Nine, because they have this idea that they had a space station that just kept growing and growing, so eventually they just let it float off into space, and that's what eventually becomes the city of a thousand planets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how much time goes by when they're floating in space? <laughs> Oh, I think it's like three or four hundred years. Jeez. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a long time. I feel like they'd have started to evolve into something other than humans, but... <laughs> yeah. So we're sort of introduced to the movie with this beach and these, like, really uh, majestic, like, elf-looking aliens. They're all perfectly bald. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they're perfectly emaciated, like, our hot, like a hot model oh, yeah. or something. <laughs> they're all, like, French models. <laughs> Actually, I found that really distracting the last scene of the entire movie when they're all like sort of standing in that hallway uh, that they all had perfect abs. They just like kept showing all of them having like chiseled, ripped abs. And I was just like, what is this culture? <laughs> the hot aliens. Yeah, exactly. So they sort of loosely, um, they sort of s- loosely set up that these aliens have these little creatures, these like little CGI things that poop out energy orbs or something. <laughs> They do something to these creatures, and they extract pearls. And when the creatures um, poop out the pearls or whatever they're replicating, they make, like, this kind of orgasm face. It's really weird. (laughs) They have, like, a really weird relationship with the converter cute little things. Yeah, and you don't realize at the time, but they sort of set up that the aliens want to give back to nature, so you don't realize that's important until the very end of the movie. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I also thought it was kind of funny, the planets that they're on, the color palette really reminded me of those Lisa Frank folders <laughs> from the 90s that everyone had. Oh, no. With, like, the awesome uh, pastel colors. Yeah, it's like bombarding you with so much stuff. I feel like I didn't even understand half of what happened in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. And the dialogue's really bad. <laughs> Yeah. I will say I actually saw this movie once before, and the second time it went down a lot better for me. Sort of, I knew what to expect, so I wasn't quite as confused. Mm. You could pay attention to what plot there is. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you can sort of break it down a little more. It was really weird to me because I I felt like... uh when I first got into it, at least I had, I was really interested in this movie. Like I was really excited. I saw interviews. Director was like, I've wanted to do this since I was a kid, but technology wasn't ready yet. And now we're at that point. And, uh, we opened up with the, the with these, uh, avatar people, super androgynous and like a Mario Kart's stage, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like a, and, <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? And, it, and it's like, and it's like 10 minutes before we get the title and it says Valerian. I'm like, who's Valerian? Like, I don't even know what's going on. It really just drops you in like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wrote that it was a, like a resort commercial for the future. That's what I thought was going on at first. I thought they were going to cut away from the blue sparkly aliens and just, I don't know. <laughs> no, the design in this movie is impeccable. Like uh, I think that's sort of what Luc Besson is known for in a way. Uh, like looking back at the fifth element again in that movie, like everyone's impeccably like, like they're almost like drawings come to life mm-hmm. in a way the way his designs work. But yeah, I'd also read that he had been trying to get this movie made for a long time. And I think he almost wanted it to be his Star Wars in a way, like oh French God. version of Star Wars. Mm. And there's a few different <laughs> scenes I can point to that specifically reminded me of the prequels. Um, oh no. Like fish people and when they go underwater uh, and they have this whole like uh, inserted dogfight scene at the end. That's like straight out of Star Wars and like completely like, doesn't need to be there. That was so pointless. But the action is way better, I would argue. Mm. 
you compared to like the prequels or uh the original specifically i i guess i would say specifically phantom menace because i did also notice some scenes that kind of reminded me of like the pod racing sequences (laughs) but maybe a little more stylized or i don't know like it's like now that we've had time to use these tools people can sort of revisit things like with CJ, to me it felt like there were a lot of moments in the movie that didn't need to be there like a lot of the vehicle scenes where they're chasing them i'm like this is just showing off cgi and it doesn't really show me the world and they could have saved a lot of time by not showing that exactly and i think this was based on a french comic um and actually i should mention in the comic it's called valerian and laureline so she's mm-hmm. right in the title, and they sort of took her out. And Ooh. throughout the movie, I feel like they sidelined the character. But it's cold. anyway, uh, I just feel like because it's based on a French comic, the comic probably had a little more charm, or I don't know. Um, like it's probably more dug into, thought out, or something. Mm-hmm. Some things that don't translate that well, I guess, if you only have two hours or so to play with. So, did you see the comic at all? Like any of the any of the visuals from it? No, I haven't read it, um, but I did see that uh, Laureline is actually supposed to be a redhead, yeah. and she's apparently originally from the 17th century, yep. which seems like a pretty big, like, important thing to skip over. <laughs> it's a big leap. Yeah, and I mean, that would have been a cool thing, and actually would have explained some stuff. Well, I was reading a review that was saying that they're originally, like, these guys are so important because they're supposed to be, like, time agents. And they never talk about what? time travel. Yeah, right. That's. I mean, that's how he found. That's like. That's how he found Laureline. and she was like at at an Ivy League school, and she was just really smart. And because she had seen him, that he had to take her back to the future, because otherwise there would have been issues. So then she became an agent. And and by the way, like Valerian is like this old guy like he's supposed to be like in his 30s built with like a big jaw and this guy that they got looks like a druggie the entire time yeah (laughs) it's like they wrote its character for bruce willis (laughs) it's really strange his voice was horrible the entire movie both of them it's like you're supposed to be elite super agents little 20 year olds who haven't done anything right well, so, all right. So that transition from the Mario Kart world to uh, the to the to Alex to the uh, ship, dude. My first impression was like he is so grabby with her. It was weird. It was like so intense. I'm like, who are yeah, you two to each other? Sexual harassment in the workplace, right? Yeah, it's like a Me Too thing. But the whole movie is so weird. He's like so pushy with this whole marriage thing. Like every five seconds, he's like, "So, are you gonna marry me?" And she's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And we're just like hanging out. Yeah, I know. There's no investment. I don't care if they get married. Like they don't look like they're in love at all. <laughs> not enough. No, but it's just like we don't even like they're just trying to do the whole Han and Leia thing again, where he like she like hates him and he loves her and all this thing. Mm. But it's just they're they're no Han and Leia. No. To say that. No, not at all. Well, yeah, she's just, like, pissed off at everything the entire movie, which is not really, like, any sort of nuance, you know, or depth to her character. Like, with every alien they encounter, she's just like, ugh, shut up. And then she's just like, ugh, to the guy. And that's, like, her entire role. It's horrible. like, a third of the movie, from, like, a third of the movie, from when she's, like, after the whole bizarre sequence until she, like, has to go back in 
they just like sideline her for a long time and she's just kind of watching from the sidelines and being like oh no valeria no what's gonna happen to valeria <laughs> yeah at one point she even just gets captured like straight up yeah yeah he has to come save her and of course he's hidden in the audience and she just yells out valerian when she's about to die and of course he's like right there i know i didn't like that that was so weird like that's what she thought of anyway it's... and these actors are pretty interesting uh so the one guy's name is dane dehan and the lady's name is cara delavine mm. i think it's delvigny no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and he's sort of known uh, for a few different things. He was in the most recent, or sorry, two Spider-Man goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! He was in that one, and he was really good in Chronicle, this other superhero-y film. Oh, uh, was he the creepy kid in Chronicle? Yeah, I thought he was great in that movie. Oh snap! I like that. He's two years older. He's two years older than Pablo and I. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's not young. That's crazy. He's in his 30s. That's really strange. Okay, now I'm so confused. <laughs> and she's uh, she's known for being a model. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's been getting into acting lately. She's I known guess for her tell. eyebrows. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're it's intense. It's because they don't match her hair. She has perfect, impeccable eyebrows. <laughs> She's not like a bad actress, I will say. Like, it's common to see a model trying to be an actress and being like, oh, they're just shit. But she's not bad. She's just not good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Did you even think there was chemistry between them? There was no chemistry. No. No, it was horrifying. It's totally forced. It's like they're they're both young. Yeah, and they could have just been platonic partners. There didn't have to be any r- romance interest. Yeah, like Pacific Rim. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, but I wrote down this quote from the guy. He was like, you're not going to find better than me on the market. And I was like, no way. That's why I wrote it down. Is like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, the whole time he's doing like this sort of rocky voice, like a Sylvester Stallone type. Yeah, thing. he does have Come that. Come Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh yeah, can we talk about his creepy playlist? That was weird. What was that? Yeah, at some point Laureline just starts talking about his playlist and then all these names appear on the wall and it's just like his fucking chart of conquests, I guess. Yeah, and, and that Alex just keeps that for him. I thought that was pretty weird. Like, the, sh- the ship has it? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> the, ship's, the ship's enabling. And it's not like private you know like it's just anyone can access it i don't know what's up with that but yeah the ship's his wingmate <laughs> yeah right <laughs> well maybe it's the equivalent of like future social media like he's just tweeting all of his life or something i don't know yeah <laughs> all right so you, I think you're right you know the main thing that really bothered me about the setup of this movie because you know they make it to big market that's really cool right yes um yes. those soldiers that are on that on that area like they look legit you know that that mission's good and stuff and then i'm like uh what makes these two agents good like valerian didn't even read the memo he doesn't even know what's happening like what's going on like how how is he a major like how is he the best i just don't get it they just kind of bumble right sort of lucking their way out of these situations everyone's like oh man these two superstars yeah and what's this ranking too? Like, so ma- he's a major and she's a sergeant. So in the yeah, in the really U.S. Cool. military, a major's an officer, 
and a sergeant is usually a non-commissioned officer. You know, like, what the hell? Like, what's going on in this structure? I just... Yeah, no, when he called himself Major, they started saying he was a Major, I was like, that makes no sense. No. I noted it. (laughs) Yeah, you know But I will say, um, I did really like the market scene, but it was so confusing how the scene started because you don't really know what's going on. Mm. You just sort of get like a mission and you're just like, what? Why? Where? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I love the concept they sort of come up with, which is like an alternate reality uh, marketplace. Like it's just like a desert and then you put on some goggles and suddenly it's Burning Man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like wandering around with all these weird aliens and LED lights. Yeah. So, all right. So I wrote one thing down that was really strange. So when they got out off of their ship on that planet, uh, Laureline does this weird like hand thing, like da, 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 da. And like, that's the only thing that's really fun about her in the movie. <laughs> like that's, that's the only personality scene. And then after that, she's just a love interest, really. I thought that was so, and, and, a love interest plus somebody who just threatens people with her gun or slapping them or punching. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Why was she punching that guy in the head so much at the end? I right? was horrified. Well, they had they sort of set up this arc for her throughout the movie where it's like she is being sidelined and then they sort of try to make it feminist at the end and they're like, all right, now she's going to take charge. Mm-hmm. Be all action-y. But like since so much of her character is just sort of... Uh, talking to valerian and being like oh no valerian and yeah she like has that whole jellyfish scene where they put a jellyfish on her head and you know, she has to think about mm-hmm. her thoughts oh my and, like, god 99 percent of them are fucking her talking to valerian or right like, out valerian and then like there's one scene that's well not no valerian she was related. she not was just, just supposed to think of him it was just you know what bothered me about that scene is that it didn't show me anything new like those are literally yeah. scenes we just saw from the movie. Yeah, oh, from the movie. <laughs> we just saw those. It was like the cheapest scene to put together. Yeah, it's just look at this tightly <sighs> edited memory. <laughs> they, it's like they needed something in post production or something, and they're like, "Well, let's just take these scenes from earlier. Nobody will care." It's like I care exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Valerian puts on these goggles and he's wandering around the alternate reality marketplace. He's looking for this box or trying to steal this pearl, basically. And meanwhile, uh, Laureline is with the soldiers and they're trying to take over this guy. And I thought that was a cool piece of tech. It's just like a dart gun that you shoot this alien with and you can just kind of control them like a video game character. There was a lot of technology that was kind of unexplained. Like, that one mostly made sense, but like... They had these boxes on their arms to be able to interact with the other dimension without actually mm. being there or something. I don't know. It was like just mm-hmm. very confusing the physics sometimes. Yeah, transmatter uh, guns and boxes and stuff. The, yeah, some some of that stuff didn't really. I mean, I thought that was really cool that you had to that he had to put his hand in to get the gun mm-hmm. and all that. Um, it. It, it almost seemed like too much for me though <laughs> like it was a lot to handle like because like yeah he he's following so in that in that scene where he's like falling through the tunnels and stuff it's like does there have to be an analogous structure or something in our dimension no sense and like right momentum works in both it, like i i don't know maybe i'm thinking too much about it and you know that's that's where i draw the line but uh oh no i don't know it really bothered me too <laughs> it was like um so uh he steals the pearl and then all these uh i guess security people are after him and they shoot him with a bunch of like high density balls mm-hmm. basically just him down. oh yeah 
So he weighs so much that he goes through the floor of this like multi-story apartment with his hand through the transmatter thing, the box. Mm-hmm. So, so it, what's really weird. All right. So I, I noticed this and I think this is just a plot hole um, in the movie, but like the converter, the cute converter thing, they call it a mule converter and they, 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 they know the pearls as it is yet nobody knows the planet mule or anything about the people there how the hell and and, and then laura laureline is like i learned about you guys in school and like what in 17th century ivy league what where did you learn about them in school and how did you learn about these guys like it's a planet that was like it was was erased from the record yeah yeah and and it's called a mule converter like the planets i I just don't get it Hmm. There was, was a pretty glaring plot hole. Yeah, there's just a lot of when there's plot holes like that, it just really bothers me. See, John Goodman is in it for a second as this like Java type gangster mm-hmm. who has the pearl. He, oh yeah. I don't know. I guess uh, this was another thing that kind of reminded me of the prequels when they're sort of just like running around. Kind of reminded me of like Attack of the Clones when they're in the city croissants. Mm-hmm. They had to keep like jumping from spaceship to spaceship or whatever. Yeah, it was kind of like they had uh, multiple little adventures or whatever. And like in the first one that we were just talking about, like I wrote, I think it like everyone died on the crew except for the two protagonists at the end there. <laughs> like they're basically just going from adventure to adventure and getting everyone around them killed. Yeah. And it's kind of, it kind of got on my nerves. When they did that to Rihanna, I was pissed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that made no sense. <laughs> we should talk about that a bit later because I have a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. All right. So one thing that was really weird too was that you know how the guy uh, that controlled the body of that alien, he could also control the uh, gun. So like when the monster destroyed the gun, the dude just dies. And I'm like, damn, that what a price to pay. You know, Jeez. yeah. <laughs> like even when you control a machine and it gets destroyed, you, like you die. Uh, that what what's wow, yeah. these stakes, That's brutal. man? <laughs> yeah. And and by the way, they they are completely okay just leaving the troops. Like they didn't even attempt to save anybody. No, they only <laughs> care about themselves. Oh, they totally don't care. That's like totally disposable. Ugh. Yeah, everyone's a red shirt in this movie, I guess. Oh, actually, so the next scene is where they reveal their uh, designations when they're mm. back on the ship. Mm-hmm. And I actually wrote down that his de- designation is Federal Badass Marshal Adventure Fuckboy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's what he is. He is a fuckboy. Sure. <laughs> the fuck man. She, <laughs> <laughs> um... Laureline takes the mule converter because he's looking down and has to like put radioactive material or something on him. And she's like, here you go. Let's give you a high grade uranium bath. And I'm like, that makes no sense. I don't understand like why they would be doing that. Like they never explain the converters really. This, yeah, exactly. Like, I guess everybody knows about these converters. Maybe they're not unique to the planet. I don't, I don't know, but it was just, he's the last of his kind. So I, I, I don't I know. I think they it's... were endemic, yeah. I think they were unique to that planet. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to read some of these comics and try to figure out how they stitch this together, because I assume they took a bunch of different, like, plots and kind of stripped them of their context. Mm-hmm. And then that's what the movie became. Yeah, pretty much. 
I assume that the comics had like the banter back and forth between the two main characters and because it's like a comic it's not as annoying or something but because this was like two I don't know live action people it just didn't translate I it, yeah <laughs> Well, that's kind of the double-edged sword about uh, movies in general, is that they are stuck in time, mm. so they always have to be, like, mindful of pacing. They can't just, like, stop and have someone explain a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and, like, they take the they take the converter to Alpha, right? And when they're at Alpha, um, Valerian's like, tell me about it. And it's really confusing, because the commander's at Alpha, and I th- I thought they were based out of Alpha, but then mm-hmm. the computer's telling them everything about the space station as though they don't know anything about it. So I'm like, oh, yeah. where well, are they that's... from? Like, who who are <laughs> they? Like, what what are they that's doing there? That's a very there? good question, yeah. And then at the end, aren't they just going, wandering through space again? It's like a Guardians in the Galaxy thing. Right? Yeah. And it's like time for more adventures. And I th- it was a cool explanation. Don't get me wrong. I, li- I like that exposition. You know, like they explain everything mm-hmm. about yeah. it. They show the different worlds. There's actually a lot of really cool, like sort of hard sci-fi stuff in this. Yeah. You kind of like glaze over, but it's still there. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's a little, uh, they're in harmony. They're living in harmony, exchanging information and stuff. But, uh, but then they put this little thing and then like 9 million humans and, and, uh, other species that get along with them or something, but they've been in a recession for many years. I'm like, oh man, well, that's depressing. I keep wanting to call the city Valerian, <laughs> stupid title, but yeah, it's actually Alpha. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we meet uh, Clive Owen as evil British man. Mm, you always need one. You don't learn. Yeah, I thought this role called for another, like, sort of Gary Oldman, like, from The Fifth Element, sort of just, like, shouting and being crazy. Mm-hmm. But Clive Owen just sort of plays it really reserved. And there were some really nice, shiny black robots in the scene. Uh, K-trons. Pop up a few different times. Yeah. And I thought they were actually really cool. Oh, there was a really fucked up thing where Valerian is asked to sit in with Clive Owen's military, like, debriefing, and then Laureline just, like, whatever. She's like, this is fine. He sidelines her, right? She was about to enter, and he's like, stay in the hallway. Oh, yeah. And talk to some Howard the Duck aliens. Yeah, that was weird. It's all right. So, t- so this is this is the part that made me question whether they had even been to Alpha. So like when they came in, they're asking, like, tell me about this place. But then those three stooges know her, and they're talking to her as though they've they've known each other, like they have a rapport. And she's like, yeah, just everyone acts like they've always been there. Yeah, they're like, just go away already, okay? <sighs> this is confusing. But yeah, I thought the duck aliens were a nice little tidbit for uh, George Lucas if he's watching. Mm. Oh my god! And they had three different eye colors, so they kind of remind me of Huey, Louie, and Dewey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I did also like in that scene. Just the hallway set was really nice looking. Like the practical sets are awesome. That's true. It was really pretty. I didn't like how mean she was to them, though. She was, she said, move pigeons. Mm. <laughs> she was, like, just always annoyed by them. I don't know what their history is, but I don't know. She really hated them. Mm-hmm. Their armor, I really liked Valerian's armor. Really cool. Yes. Um, Laureline's armor has boobs. I always hate it when they have boobs because it's, <laughs> like, you don't need that. She's a model, okay? Like, she's not... She doesn't have big ones you know like and with bo- with body armor like let's be real here you don't want those things hanging out there 
I just, I just, I'm just like, what a, I hated that creative choice. I can't remember what they do in Mass Effect, but I feel like they probably have more like unisex mm-hmm. armor. Yeah, they could have easily just had like a uniform sort of just like flat, boxy. Well, it's like they try, they try to, they try to take this approach of being like, we have a message of equality, and we really want the uh, genders to be equal. You know, like that the Pearl right. Society has it's a matriarchal society, all that. I mean, the father is voiced by a woman, you know, like there's yeah. just, there's like, and then clearly like gender neutral or ambiguous or something. Yeah. Like then that. you make decisions like that. I'm like, come on, what a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Throughout this movie, it kind of made me think like the ambition sort of exceeded their grasp, like their ability to sort of bring everything together in a cohesive way. And it also made me think, why did it have to be so overstuffed? Like they could have had maybe two to three set pieces instead and then sort of like plugged up the in-between stuff, like had it just be a stronger movie overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved with the suits, they had these like LED lights running throughout them that looked awesome. Yeah, yeah. I did feel like their LED budget was um, huge in this movie. <laughs> yes, a huge LED budget. <laughs> Uh, so uh then some aliens randomly come in the same one from the intro and they coat everyone in this goo that's kind of like fringe when people get ambered just mm-hmm. kind of like freeze them up all right so you know you know what bothers me is that they're still in their tribal clothes like the, they're still just wearing loincloths oh all the way 30 years later yeah <laughs> and they even have a whole explanation I mean, they don't, they don't even like, I mean, we don't know yet how long it's been, but we know it's been right. a long time. Like, come on, you're trying not, you're trying to blend in like undetected. It's just, it was strange. They have a whole explanation at the end about how they've progressed, like taught themselves everything about mm-hmm. science and space travel and all that. So yeah, you're right. Like, why wouldn't they have changed their outerwear? Well, you know, it's heritage, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess so. so. Like Valerian's the only one who does who like wakes up, right? Yeah, he has this like fucking bullshit little device that he puts on his chest specifically yeah. for the goo. It, it's what what bothers me is like that's like it reminds me of kids playing in the yard. It's like oh, I have a T Rex, and it's like I, I have, have a magical and vulnerability gu- gun that can kill the T Rex. And so my T Rex has right. anti gun. You know, like that spider <laughs> that spider probe yeah, was like anti goo tech. Just in case. It's like, whatever. So he gets out of it, and he somehow his suit has this amazing rhino ability. He just, like, puts down the uh, <laughs> faceplate, and he's suddenly able to smash through a bunch of walls. Yeah. And I will say, that's probably one of my favorite action sequences in the movie, though, because it's just, like, him sort of running. So imagine you're watching this in 3D, like, basically into the screen as mm. he's, like, falling and using little portal guns and going to the, like, cool blue... Uh, mm-hmm. like bubbly. But he's poking holes. Yeah, it's like Iron Man boots. He's destroying the station. Like that can't be good for it. Yeah, that was a horrible scene. And and by the way, like they're supposed to be agents, right? Are there no other agents nearby or something? Are these the only two guys <laughs> that are there? Like I, they're I, like Valerian. You're under arrest for I, I, <laughs> right space station. Like you got this. You got Alpha, the biggest space station out there. And you only have two, what, federal agents of the United Human Federation? Like, a little racist. United Human Federation. Like, come on. Yeah, and especially by the end when you figure out the whole plot. Right? I don't know. 
So I should say this movie is kind of a mystery, but they don't set it up right. Like, if they set it up in a way that sort of had you, like, trying to question what the mystery was, it would have been more exciting. But as it stands, you don't even realize there is a mystery until the end, basically. (laughs) This movie was very experiential. Like, it's designed almost like a ride. It reminded me, I just saw Ready Player One, and that was sort of almost the same thing, where you're just sort of in it, like it's a theme park ride. But it did have really nice sci-fi visuals and stuff, and they're clearly trying to set up a like series of movies that mm. probably due to how this movie performs, <laughs> won't happen. Wait, I have a question. Um, didn't they mention uh, when they when Valerian and Loreline like arrive at the station something about like there is an evil sector and they've lost a lot of troops or something? <laughs> Yeah. See, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, there was the the bad zone or something. Yeah, was that the the shiny, the sparkly aliens, or was yeah, that, that was, never resolved? That was them the whole time. They were like jamming the signal. Oh, uh, oh, I missed all that. This movie has too much stuff in it. <laughs> yeah, that's that was that really bothered me um, because it's like they said uh, no one comes back alive. And I was like, did they come back dead? Like, what happened to them? <laughs> I mean, like, nope. they just sent a bunch of troops in and they were saying it's radioactive or something. So I think that that, that makes me think that the commander was just trying to hide it the entire time. Yeah, I think so. But it was... Oh, oh okay. So you know how the Three Stooges are, like, warning Laureline, or Laureline that the thing is about to happen. Then after it happens, she, like, confronts them. Right. The only way she, like, negotiates with them is just, like, tell me, and then throws money, and they're like, this isn't enough. Then she shoots one of their wings! Like, what oh, the hell? Yeah. Yeah. What? She's what so mean! Up? Damn! <laughs> like, Her chill, job lady. Is just to always act annoyed. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. She's just like, I'm just gonna abuse these side characters. It's like, they shot first, right? I mean, man. <laughs> like, they, they, they're just trying to give some info. They're just informants. Come on. Exactly. Right, that's just their nature. It's like, I guess, to be in triplets, probably, is that species. Mm-hmm. Oh no, they're the elves from the Harry Potter universe. Everyone's just like, get out of my way, elf. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember reading up on those guys, and it's that's exactly it, Eric. Like, they're j- really? just, they, yeah, they're, they're born in threes. That's why they're saying, oh. if you kill one of us, like, we won't know the other information see that's cool but they never said anything like right that movie, I think. yeah that's they cut it i'm sure like why don't we know that laureline is from the 17th century why don't we know that um they're like time and space cops why don't we know these cool <laughs> aliens have this thing yeah yeah very weird someone just left on the cutting floor and okay so you know how they tell them t- they tell them to go to the uh to get a jellyfish or something right and that drunk yeah. sailor dude is he human? He had these weird ears. I assumed not. Oh, really? But I don't know what he was. I mean, he could have been part dog, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, from Jupiter sending. But fortunately, they love dogs. <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, uh, so Valerian does this whole chase, and then he somehow gets to a ship, which looks exactly like the Millennium Falcon. Mm. It's called the Skyjet. There's this, like, Star Fox, the original one-looking ship, like a bunch of polygonal-looking mm-hmm. ships that split apart. Apparently, Valerian, the style of it inspired the Star Wars look. Really? Came out, yeah, it came out before Star Wars, 
And uh, huh. I remember reading that that was one of the inspirations of the Millennium Falcon. So it's probably not a coincidence there. Oh my god! Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it's like George Lucas was inspired by Valerian. Yeah. And Luke Besson was inspired by Valerian and Star Wars. Yeah. Makes his own movie. It's uh, if you think about it too much, uh, you you will die. It's yeah. The Skyjack has a clamp that he uses to get the thing he wants, mm-hmm. and I noted that it was very penis-like. It just kind of like, <laughs> out of the thing. <laughs> Laura Lane's just on the sidelines this whole scene, and then at the end of it, she gets arrested for being a traitor or something. Mm-hmm. Very weird. As they're escorting her out, she does this whole, like, Mila Jovovich move. She, like, asks them to put handcuffs on her, and she somehow, like, does all this karate stuff and puts the handcuffs on the two guards. I liked that. Yeah. No, that's good cinematography for sure, uh, not choreography. So I guess in that instance, they're supposed to just be superior fighters, but that's like one of the They're only the best instances. space agents, Erica. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they hardly ever show it. The I best. guess that was one example. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, that's the only example. <laughs> I think she says, how in space at this point, <laughs> which uh. just made me groan audibly. Uh. How in space. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then she says, uh, I've got a bad feeling about this. Ugh. Yeah, I, I don't like it when that's done. What a trope. No. <laughs> and so she she gets the jellyfish, right? And then she's in there yeah. for longer than the Three Stooges tell her to. And they're like, oh my gosh, you're so strong or something. Yeah, they go meet this like gearbox looking guy named Bob. <laughs> uh, and by the way, throughout this movie, there's all these like weird French character actors, and I'm like, this should have been the movie. Just like mm-hmm. sort of Terry Gilliam it up and have all these weirdos like running around space. Uh, but anyway, so she manages to go underwater and gets the jellyfish. And there's a the whole butthole joke. They're like, you have to stick your f- head in it. And then they're like, that's not its mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, okay, so we're just watching her stick her head up through the jellyfish. Yeah. yeah, it's just a jellyfish. Cool. Yeah. They're always talking about the beach and how much they love the beach and how much they want to go back to the beach. Yeah. Well, she she finds him. Uh, yeah, she finds him. Yeah, and so then... thanks to her memories, which are all about Valerian. Yeah. Well, she had to think of him in order for the jellyfish to know who to find. It's some really contrived tracker system. Mm-hmm. Right, because Valerian crashed his ship, uh, so nobody knows where he is. In the, in the red zone. And that's that's why they can't track exactly. him. It's because it's jammed. And I had so many questions about how the jellyfish worked because it's like, did you have to have your head in there for exactly one minute for it to work? Could you do less and it could tell you? Like, just have one memory? Because they just were like, <laughs> you can't have your head in there for more than a minute. Yeah. yeah. I, think the, I think the thing was like, you go insane if you're in there too long. Um, and so they were worried about that, but whatever, she's the best. So it worked out and, uh, and then it didn't matter. Like Valerian's like, I would have done the same for you. Like, no, thank you or anything like that. I'm like, man, you want to, are you sure you want to marry her? Like, what the heck? Right. That scene was really annoying. Wait, he did it on purpose so that she would say knowing she would say he's that? negging her that's what it is 
yeah, no, exactly. They do this whole thing where they build it up that she's so in love with him. You're ugly, by the way. Right? Like, <laughs> it's not working, uh, Valerian. <laughs> I have to wonder, maybe this is like for a French audience and like in French, this makes a lot more sense. Like the original screenplay that Luc Besson wrote. Well, I, I was talking to my sister before this and she was like, this probably should have yeah, it should have just been in French. Like, it, yeah, th- I, I think this totally would have worked if it was French. I'd be like, oh, what a wonderful foreign film. <laughs> Very yeah, witty. Yeah, how classy. <laughs> so then somehow Laureline gets herself caught by this, like, mm-hmm. sort of primitive alien species that mm-hmm. looks exactly like something out of the prequels. They're just, like, fishing. Yep. Her line. Humans, like, verbatim. Pretty butterfly. And then she yeah. gets dragged up. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that scene was really pretty too. Like all these scenes are like gorgeously imagined. Mm-hmm. Like the visuals are very striking. We just need more character. And then he purposefully gets caught and follows them. And yeah. I thought that was uh, interesting. He like jumps. He doesn't just get caught. He like dives right. off of the cliff, just hoping that he'll catch one of these fake butterfly lures. Well, you know, it's like this is one of those things where you know he's not going to die because his name's Valerian. So it's like, there's no yeah, danger. Character armor. Wouldn't it be messed up if he died in the first 10 minutes of the movie called I would have loved that, actually. <laughs> I would be like, that's a bold choice. No more Valerian. So then Valerian goes to, like, this freaking red light district. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no other way to say it. That's what it was. He's just, like, walking around with all of the LED lights and all these alien women are just like, oh, hey, sailor. Mm-hmm. Hey, Valerian. That's what the, was it the ship or something was telling him that he has to have a glamopod or something? Yeah. Because, like, the area that they take her in is occupied by some aliens that apparently, like, yeah, don't like no humans outsiders. or something. And you only yeah. have to be right. those things. You have to figure out a convoluted way to sneak in. Yeah. And, you know, the, the part that really bothered me is that well, there, I guess, you know, there are a lot of things that bothered me, but uh, one of the things was the HQ is like, oh, there's Valerian. Oh, he's by the district. Uh, okay, well, let's uh, let's put a notice out to let all of our agents know that he's good. Yeah, that was Help weird. Him. And then what's the first thing he oh. does? He freaking like threatens the dude. He's like, give me your gun yeah, or something. No, like, I, wa- I wondered like, I about that. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I was like... Did he know that they said that command? I was so confused. Right? No, nobody told him. <sighs> it's like, dude, just like, don't don't just reach for your gun. Like, that's he does that every time. Also, it's really creepy. Like, if you don't see this guy as a hero, then he's just, like, concealing a gun. Right? Like, he's invisible. <sighs> yeah. It's really creepy. Uh, so he finds his friend, Ethan Hawke, who seems to be having a great <laughs> time uh, hamming it up as the glam club operator. He's wearing mm-hmm. this cool, like... Uh, I don't know, conductor's jacket and a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have the really cool Rihanna scene, which is probably the best scene in the movie, <laughs> uh, in my opinion. Mm. But it's also funny because in both this plot and the one with Laureline, they're both sort of like getting makeovers right now. Like she's sort of trapped with these aliens. Mm. And they're the ones like being like, and like, my yeah. God. Yeah, they need a montage of hot ladies in different outfits, like two of those. Yeah. And meanwhile, Rihanna is this shape-shifting uh, blob alien that can assume any form. Bubble. 
So she's basically a super conceptual stripper, and she's just like mm-hmm. turning into every uh, stereotype you can think of, like the naughty nurse or the yeah. Um, there's a French maid. Oh my god, do you think? And props to Ethan Hawke. His music was great. You know, Jolly Jolly was no, playing that. that. Was legitimately great. Yeah, I thought that was pretty awesome, mm-hmm. and he you could see he was loving it <laughs> while playing it. It's like that's Almost his real like passion. I didn't even know that was Ethan Hawke. <laughs> no, yeah. no, he's generally not in movies of this kind. <laughs> kind of random. And he mentions the music of the future, and I wrote that down because I thought it was fun. He wrote, he said, techno, macro, bio, nano. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down, I, are these iPod names of the future? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the way that she morphs itself is really cool. She just kind of like waves her hand over herself and just like. I don't know, it's pretty flawless the way they did it. Mm-hmm. I also thought, like, I was really worried about how Rihanna's acting was going to be, but she did fine. Like, her accent was fine. Yeah, I thought she was a pretty good actress, actually. Actually, and we were sort of mentioning this before, and that's what pissed me off so much when they just sort of kill her, like, three scenes into the mo- into her sequence, basically. Mm-hmm. I know! Like, she's in three scenes, and then they just kill her off sort of unceremoniously. She was there to further their journey, and then quote Shakespeare, mm-hmm. and then die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, did you catch that line, though, where she's, like, she's been studying since age four at the top schools, and, like, she, and then she's basically an illegal immigrant, and she's, like, I'm far from home, what can I do? I'm not going to work with the cops or something. He's, like, it's okay, I am the cops. I'm, like, what? Oh, yeah, I was, like, fuck the feds. (laughs) Wow. Creepy. And, like, they put that in there. That's that's just, uh, I'm sure that was just some of the... uh, american audience and the french audience there to be like you know she's an illegal but she's okay um she's o- so she's progressive this movie so progressive <laughs> so heavy yeah and then and then so that's that's the glamopod right that's amazing. and then she just goes ahead and transforms into the huffing monster things oh my god I just realized it's the equivalent of um, the Pepsi ad with Kendall Jenner, with the <laughs> like making friends with the cops. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that helps everything. Uh-oh. <laughs> Pepsi. That was really weird. And then, uh, so Bubble yeah. sort of wraps herself around Valerian to impersonate these aliens. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really interesting. Like by the end of the movie, he's basically been surrounded by this female type creature, mm-hmm. and you find out that he's had the soul of this other like mm-hmm. woman, other woman alien in him. So it's another sort of like trans uh, kind of positive message in a way. Mm-hmm. Like by the end of the movie, he's really found his inner woman, I guess, or something. I guess. Well, but he doesn't. It's like they do broach the subject. Like Lorelai says something. Oh, you've been inside, been in a woman's body all day or something. But I was, it's like, are we really trusting mm-hmm. the sexual harassment guy to like be the moral compass and like have the princess's <laughs> soul or whatever attached to him? Like, I don't. I don't think he learned anything. <laughs> He's totally grown a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't. He didn't grow until the last two minutes, really, of the movie. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and I mean, he was shitty for two hours and eight minutes, and then yeah, for two. <laughs> yeah, you know, the part that that was this was really interesting is that you find out that she's being prepped to be eaten, right? Like they're given. Mm-hmm. There are, there's this big line of the Huffin' Monsters dudes just taking down food, and then the king is like, Mm-mm. and 
that poor lady who is helping Laureline get dressed, she just wants to please her man, you know? Like, she just wants mm. to give him some nice food. And she's just really, you can see in her face, she's like, oh, ah, oh, man. And then they yeah. just ruin it. Foiled again. You know, like they just completely ruin it. And uh, and, and they kill a shit ton of those aliens. They <laughs> yeah. Really need the, oh, yeah. They really need the prime directive back. in this movie from Star Trek. They, I don't know. Mm. And that was the other scene that kind of reminded me of the Gungans. That was like a sort of like the Gungan King. Mm. But it was also kind of like, um, I never understood how Laureline went from being captured by these like fisherman types to suddenly she's in the middle of this like palace mm. with royalty wearing a weird giant hat right they're like he loves the brains of people we fish out of that ravine i mm. don't know and that scene was really violent too like valerian's just like stabbing the hell out of everyone mm. and then it ends with him like slashing through the king's skull yeah well that's that that's that scene where she's about to be eaten she has no context whatsoever that valerian will be there and then she just screams valerian and he's like Lord! and then like <laughs> right he just here. kills a bunch of them <laughs> and uh it's like superman syndrome yeah and then there's i don't know if you caught this but uh they um rihanna's character bubble sees laureline or whatever and she's like she's a 10 and i'm like oh my god that's that's a 10 like come on like you 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 got you got you got the most perfect people in in this in this space station and stuff and laureline's a 10 i don't know that's a stretch plus she's a shapeshifter yeah yeah exactly she seemed really invested like falsely invested in their relationship for some reason she was really excited about it (laughs) and i now that i remember it um there's a scene where i think it's before they this this entire um scene but he's trying to get her to help him bubble trying to get bubble to help him and he's like go back to normal she goes to her blue bubble self he's like ew no he's like i said normal I just thought of X-Men, actually. <laughs> yeah, right? Mystique? She's just like Mystique. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she looks really hot as a sparkly blob. What is he talking about? <laughs> and also in the span of her very short screen time, she manages to do the also Mystique thing of where she appears to each of them as their potential love interest. Mm. She's like, don't you want to make out with me that uh, they look like Valerian or Laureline? Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah, I almost forgot she had brain reading, mind reading powers, too. She's actually really powerful. I don't know how she died yeah. i don't know why she died for this valerian guy yeah <laughs> and and her death scene was so underwhelming so she's like was it did, did i do well or something like that was it the greatest i've ever seen he's like that was the best i ever saw and i'm like you know it was a good dance <laughs> it was a good dance <laughs> but like the best the best that's a bit of a stretch universe yeah that's yeah, literally she just believed i was like what the that. fuck like what is does he actually mean that like come on she's dying <laughs> you're not a dancer you're an artist <laughs> yeah uh, but no i really thought she would be in the rest of the movie i was really surprised when they just like sort of kill her off uh-huh. uh. and she's like it's better to ha- have freedom than have your home or something oh um her last line while she's alive she says take good care of her i'm like what oh what she can take care of herself you know like uh 
whatever. It's all up to you, Valerian. Right. Yeah, the dialogue was, like, really trite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was, like, originally French and then translated into English, and it has... I don't know, some, like, loss in translation. I could see that. Yeah, she turns into Queen Nefertiti as she dies. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of turns into dust. That's Rihanna's true self, that's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they kept her tattoos, actually. Mm-hmm. She does? Yeah, all of the tattoos that Rihanna has that were on, there, on her. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I liked that. Yep, Rihanna was the only good part of this movie. I can't remember what this means. I just wrote down, women are hilarious joke. I don't know what that means. Because it says there's been a woman inside of you this entire time or something. It was oh, like immediately yeah, after yeah. that. It's, yeah, exactly. And it's like Laureline's like yeah. egging him on. Ladies like, first. Oh, got a woman inside you. And they're like, ah, ha, ha, being a woman sucks. Like, yeah. What? But it, it does kind of come out of nowhere because, like, we see the alien get killed in the beginning, and then there's, like, a flash of energy, and I didn't know oh, what that, that no was. Sense. Yeah. And, yeah, know. and then all of a sudden, like, halfway through the movie, or later than halfway, he's like, oh, yeah, I have a princess inside of me. Yeah. No, yeah, that's what I was saying. It's like a mystery, but they don't set it up properly. You don't even realize there's anything you're supposed to be wondering well, about. Well, the problem right? is it took 30 years for her soul to get into him. Like, that's a long-ass yeah. time. Mm-hmm. That is. It's like the M. Night Shyamalan twist is that there was a twist. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, Space and time wave that came to inhabit him. I wrote down in big letters right before I fell asleep. It said, forced love. And I hated that. I think it was like they just kept trying to do like, will you marry me now? I'm like, God, just like, shut up. Like, get out of here. Ugh. Yeah. And then suddenly that's when Laureline gets so feminist and she's like, oh, I've been following <sighs> you. Now I'm going to like lead. I'm going to be the person to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, at the ending, I noted that the characters looked great. Like all the Avatar, but pale looking aliens <laughs> looked great. Like very almost photorealistic. But anytime they show any organic environments, like the beach just took me out of it mm. yeah they did a good job passing that uncanny valley they i really think did. Yeah. I, it didn't creep me out especially if you saw in 3d oh it's sort of the same thing as in ready player one uh, if you guys have seen the trailer of the movie mm-hmm. like they the way they make the avatars look sort of looks like these aliens but then if you saw it in 3d the way they tone it with like mm-hmm. the different layers it actually looks pretty cool hmm I bet, I bet this movie was the same way. And this is where they have the random flashback where they have like a Star Wars space battle, which I thought had a lot of really good action, mm-hmm. like a good sense of momentum, the ships moving around. That's Is that when they're explaining it? Yeah, they're just explaining the past and then they're just like, let's show you um, a fight scene and you don't know even who the two players are. You know that one of them no. is the humans, but I didn't understand what clive owen was going on about he was like oh if we lost this battle we get somehow kicked out of the space station or some shit i completely missed that exposition if i understood correctly i didn't even have to do really with the aliens like it's just right. two human like fighting over the pearls and then they mm-hmm. just jump end up just blowing it up oh. yeah the father the father was basically saying and and it was like a war between people we didn't even know. Exactly, I mean, in a sense. And then it shows the capital ship or whatever, and the commander being like, fire the fusion, whatever. And the dude's like, are you sure? And he's like, do it. And then they fire it, and the ship falls down. The scene we see in the beginning happens, and then everyone dies. The entire planet explodes. I'm like, what? Oh, that made no sense. I yeah. didn't know what that weapon was. One ship. Like, okay. 
I guess the planet blew up. One <laughs> ship exploded the planet, and then the survivors are on that one abandoned ship. I somehow. guess that's happening now. What a stretch. Wait, oh, yeah. How did they even survive? So they just go into this random ship-like bunker, basically, and that yeah. protects them? Yeah, it's the lead refrigerator. They're wearing, yeah, they're wearing anti-blow-up matter uh, vests. Yeah, right? And so yeah. this protects us from, from planets and blowing up, and, <laughs> and we're in space now, and yeah. But yeah, it's like if you had a Star Trek movie where the Federation did something really messed up at the beginning, and then mm-hmm. you never heard about it from the Federation's point of view, and it was all just like the survivors. Right. That's what that twist is like. <laughs> oh, which, yeah. Actually, I think I'd watch that. <laughs> I would too. So somehow the survivors find all this future tech, and they become self-taught. They quickly mm-hmm. learn everything about everything. But again, yeah, you don't ever really learn like exactly why the humans blew up the planet. Uh, it's just like almost a clumsy colonialist mm-hmm. allegory. Yeah, they just didn't care. Yeah, that that part really bugged me, the, the uh, heavy-handed allegory or whatever, because it just became like a white savior very political. story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Valerian's a white savior. They are like, oh, our princess daughter chose... So, like, of course, it's like a Pocahontas story mm-hmm. or something. It's like our princess daughter chose... Valerian and she chose right basically to be like their white savior to like Mm -hmm. some and somehow like giving them the one converter back is like enough reparations for six million people dying it's like I don't think so they're just like wow thanks yeah (laughs) so so weird it's way oversimplified I don't even know what these aliens are called but pearls oh yeah Yeah, they kept referring I had subtitles on just because I always miss things and yeah, whenever yeah. he saw them, he was like, Pearls. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's like the movie was called The Last Pearl, and it stars uh, this guy, Dane DeHond. It would have worked. And the pearls were energy? Were the pearls nuclear power or something? Yeah. Because there was all that nuclear power feeding the converter. and Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because they were saying in the beginning of the movie, uh, Valerian has one of them. And then the computer is like, that has 10 megatons of energy. And he's like, what? Yeah, just one. That's as much as our <laughs> shit. I'm like, okay, well, that's oh good to know. So calling them pearls would be like calling humans oils or something. Yeah, right. Might be right. <laughs> Being named after our energy source. And at the end, they have a bunch more of those little like nibbler looking things mm-hmm. that poop out the energy. And then they're just like, we have to give back to the earth or the planet or whatever. I just, I thought it was so interesting that it's like, um, he, Valerian's so willing to give up the Megaton Pearl. He's like, here you go for all your trouble. And then Laureline is about to give the convert and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, they're just, what the fuck are you doing, Laureline? <laughs> they've been looking for this guy for like 30 years. Like, give them the converter. That's their converter. Like, just do it. Why are you hesitating, dude? Like, the princess is in you. Like, let them have it. Valerian pulls a side arm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, what was the point of the princess being attached to him? So like, uh. I can't let you do that. <laughs> he could have stepped it up there. Like, he could have been marriage material, and then he just blew it. Yeah. Ugh. And then she has to give him a, a cheesy speech about love. <laughs> yeah, love is the most powerful thing. <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I did, um, I mean, Clive Owen did have a point, though, that if the other aliens did learn about this, then they would obviously be kicked out of Alpha. That mm-hmm. still doesn't justify murdering mm. everyone and covering it up. No. Right. I thought it was really funny, though, when the, um, 
when the pearl aliens are talking, they're like, and we taught ourselves mathematics, philosophy. Mm. I'm like, philosophy? Huh. I guess I guess you have a lot of time there, like mathematics, physics, and then uh, they just throw that in there. Yeah. It was really interesting that they, <laughs> that they like, highlighted that part. Uh, well, they learned to forgive, but not forget. Yeah. Hopefully. Instead of killing all the humans, <laughs> like they should. Uh-huh. Oh my god. There's a really pretty effect, but I don't even know what it was for. They're just like in the hall and they activate all the energy things and just the hallway lights up. Yeah, that scene was so confusing. It was like hiding where their ship was and then their ship, having all the pearls, uh, the replicated pearls allow them to power their ship, which created a simulator. Yeah, what was that? Oh, yes, and yes. also that big rainbow I guess that's wall. what the beach was, or maybe they're just <laughs> trying to make it like home as they travel to a new world. And then, like, Killbot showed up or something? Mm-hmm. Like, robots showed up? Was that what was the attack supposed to be? No, the Killbot started killing the humans that were killing they the They just alien. killed everybody. Yeah. Yeah, Clive Owen activates the Katrons, and they kill a bunch of humans. And then, for some reason, there's, like, a portal, and a bunch of the pearls, like, a step through, and are doing this whole, like, hippie flowers into the gun thing. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> Clive like, kill them anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and then it didn't make any sense. There's another evil, like, sub-lieutenant, too, that I keep forgetting about, but... That obeyed Clive Owen. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I was just, like, confused because Clive Owen had been taken hostage. He was inside the Mm -hmm. ship, and so they were going to order an attack on it, but he said, go ahead. So was he willing to Mm -hmm. die in the attack? Yeah. Oh, He was like, a soldier will die before being humiliated. And I was like, what? I don't don't think that's true. No. I was like, he doesn't have to admit anything. He could just be like, oh, hey, I was taken captive. I'm in here. Don't do the attack. You don't have to admit to, like, doing your crime 30 years ago. Yeah, and... and well, it's really dumb. So dumb. <laughs> it's really dumb with the protagonist, because why do they even put him on the communicator? Like, they're asking for him, but he immediately obviously gives the order to kill everyone. So it's like, why even yeah, do that? Yeah, it didn't don't do anything. Thing. Like, Valerian yeah, has a gun on him. Yeah, the alien said, don't, we don't want to take our com- uh, communications thing mm-hmm. off and they do it anyways and it doesn't help mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> no and then uh laura lean is just slapping him the entire time <laughs> this the fight's happening yeah it was like slapstick comedy all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden and then punching him no, yeah, she, <laughs> she just was mad at him or something it was like her white guilt right. or something i don't know <laughs> I will say I did actually enjoy the way that Valerian enters this particular action sequence. He just like sort of steps into the portal, steps through the portal. It's exactly like choosing a mission in a video game or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to step through and have an exciting firefight. Mm. I did think it was also astonishing, though, that the movie was somehow still climaxing with minutes left in the plot. Like I wrote yeah. down that it was at hour or two and there was like four minutes left in the movie. And somehow right. they were still having like exciting battles and explaining mm. shit so it's like the movie's so lo- so long like more than two hours long and then still they rush the ending out of nowhere <laughs> yeah yeah what even happened at the end it's just like the killbots killed some people and then they took off in their ship to because they converted the per- they replicated the pearl it's a cliffhanger so. <laughs> they're like don't you want to know well like they they leave valerian and lauraline in the shuttle out there in the middle of nowhere and uh, and so that makes me think that the ship must have left somewhere with the simulated planet inside or something right in the warehouse and they're going to find some uninhabited area yeah. or something 
And that was weird. And then she said, she mentioned something at the end and she was like, uh, don't you understand women? You spent a day in it. And I'm like, that was one day. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That is ridiculous. Oh yeah. What are we going to do tomorrow? Right. Get the camera. What are we doing tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> uh. And Rihanna has an awesome Valerian tie-in song. Mm-hmm. One day. For some reason, this bothered me, but Luc Besson uh, dedicated the film. Like, at the very last shot, it says, To my to father. To my father! I was like, Ugh. Yeah, I thought that was funny. I was like, don't dedicate that to your dad. <laughs> <laughs> don't dedicate the sexual harassment movie to your mm. father. But like I was saying, like, usually, like, Luc Besson is a lot stronger, although his last movie, Lucy, wasn't that great either, but... Usually, like, when he's writing and directing, producing, he d- comes up with pretty good stuff. Was one of the last things they said uh, that he said, um, I, I want only your name on my playlist? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's he's going to erase his <laughs> epic conquest playlist. It was so gross. Yeah, now they're like, they're uh, like a virgin, like the Madonna song all over again. Mm. One really cool thing about this movie um, is apparently it was all independently financed and kind of crowdsourced. What? So they managed. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And <laughs> wow. also, the original Star Wars was independently financed, so you can see he's kind of following that step too. Like, doesn't mm. want it to be. I don't know. It's watered the down. room. Good, good for them. But it also does make me consider again, like all the aspects that go into actually making a movie, like all the motion capture and green screening and practical mm-hmm. effects and practical sets and like years of CGI effects and 3D and just like uh, such a headache. <laughs> So yeah. I will say, I feel like a lot of filmmakers, when they first got into all this CGI and plus 3D uh, stuff, they kind of get lost in the weeds. Like, it happens to the best of them. Uh. Like Peter Jackson and, uh, uh, Spielberg. Man. Like, you're so busy setting up this scene with, like, infinity colors. Right, exactly. It's like you have such <laughs> a huge forget that there palette, has to be a, a huge plot. range of, like, you can do literally anything you want that sometimes you kind of, like, get a little lost, I think. Mm. the decisions they made in this was just like i i just can't believe that somebody saw the final cut and was like we're good to go prince (laughs) (laughs) right go with it (laughs) it's good enough um i think this should be called valerian and the city of a thousand leds aka burning man i guess i also like picturing like the sad press junket that must have taken place after this movie came out it's like all the actors and stuff like answering questions about valerian they're like i don't i don't know what i don't know what this movie is (laughs) i legitimately can't spoil this movie for you i do not know and also i bet like the everything wrong with series probably has like a really long one about this one Mm. i don't know if they'd even watch it no, I would uh, list this like a lot of times in this ser- in this Cinemazing chat series. We cover sort of directors that have pretty good track records that sort of stray, or we like to also talk about noble failures. And I think this one has a lot more that works than doesn't really. Like if the dialogue had gone through another pass, or if they'd gotten someone like to punch it up, and if they like i said earlier like sort of pared it down and made it really tightly focused instead of having so many plots and so much stuff in it they could have just made like make one make one good really good movie setting everything up instead of (laughs) janet just showed me a note she wrote that said if they made it better (laughs) (laughs) 
I think, yeah, better dialogue, replace the two main actors, but keep everyone else mm -hmm. and part parse it down like you were saying to like Nick focus it like they did have too many ideas or something but some yeah. of them were repetitive too it was like a bajillion countdown scenes and chase scenes you don't need all of that oh and the actors like if they had hired actors either hired like more grizzled like professional looking actors or not had that stuff in the plot like they could have just not made him a major not made them the most elite agents ever mm -hmm. you know just make them French you know I think yeah, that would have solved a lot of issues like that. <laughs> and uh, you had to have subtitles during the entire thing. I think that would have improved the movie a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of necessary. Well, they're just saying things like the mule converter. And I was like, M-U-L-E mm -hmm. converter? What's yeah, that? Like, you have to have the subtitles. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the first time I saw this movie, I legitimately did not understand the plot. And then the second time, I, I did understand it, but still didn't quite think it should have been made that way. Hmm. I think that the director really just assumed people knew more about the source material. And, and maybe that some people we would do. be excited. Yeah, maybe in France, everyone's like, oh my god, Valerian! <laughs> best movie! This is the best movie! <laughs> Holy <Yeah>. crap. <laughs> Oh, in France, it made $3.72 on the first day, which is the second best opening of 2017. Mm. So that's not bad. Um, wow. Actually, in general, this movie did actually do pretty good. Uh, it made $225 million, but mm. the budget was $209 million. So, uh, so not so good. It didn't work out. Yeah. Is it better than Jupiter Ascending? Uh, uh, <laughs> that's the question. Mm. Let's see. This one had stronger action. That one had a plot that I could follow a little easier, but it's still a little extremely convoluted. And neither one had, like, very good acting. Uh. Yeah, I think that... Yeah, it's almost a draw, and then I think the thing that tips it for me is Rihanna. the annoying relationship. Oh, no, I was going to say the opposite, <laughs> that their annoying, like, Me Too moment, the entire movie, bothers me so much that I would pick Jupiter Ascending as being mm. better. That's true. Oh, yeah. Actually, I would say for this one, yeah, the two main characters make no sense and don't work at all. I don't know if they do in Jupiter Ascending, but definitely in this one they don't at all. <laughs> I'd rather have, yeah, a woman and a dog having sex in Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. man. <laughs> oh, uh, Todd McCarthy of The Hollywood Reporter said, the Razzies don't need to wait until the end of the year to anoint a winner for 2017. Ooh. Ouch. Ooh. This one's a French import. <laughs> wait, did the Razzies happen yet? Yeah, I think so. But I bet something else won by the time it came around. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there that could have won. Exactly. I like this. The Razzie nominee, so rotten you loved it, Baywatch. <laughs> so it looks as though... The worst movie was the Emoji Movie. Ah, uh, that makes a lot oh, more sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes and sense. And it wasn't even nominated for Worst Picture. So, you know, good for you guys. Yeah, you didn't get nominated for a Razzie. <laughs> that's somehow a win. That's a, that's a win. I can't believe this guy's 32. He legitimately looks a decade younger. Oh, my God. The guy, yeah, so that guy got his start on stage as understudy for Haley Joel Osment in a Broadway play. That's cool. Understudy. <laughs> Do they look alike? Not <laughs> yeah. really. No. Understudy for Frankie Muniz. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I wouldn't want my name on that. 
I had high hopes. And yeah, like I said, I, I actually really love The Fifth Element. That's a really strong movie. I think the more time that passes, the more disappointed in this movie I get. <laughs> like I said, I think it's more of a noble failure. Like it kind of got lost somewhere. You know, one thing actually that I do want to say is that this movie did not piss me off like Annihilation did. Uh, That movie (laughs) pissed me off. I almost walked out of the theater. I I sat in here, though. I sat through this one and I was like, this is okay. I did watch this movie in three chunks. I think that really helped. (laughs) Because it is very episodic. Like you don't like there's three different basically bits three different chunks Mm. and they're not particularly well tied together Mm -mm. yeah not luke not luke besson's best i hope he tries a little harder with the writing next time next time just make leon in space just make a professional (laughs) in space i'd watch the hell out of that movie i'd watch that erica any other thoughts uh no (laughs) okay at least it at least it had rihanna Mm. that's it (laughs) It's way better than Battleship, her performance in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I never saw that one, but that'd be a good one to do. <laughs> All right, that's a good tagline. All right, so that's Joe's tagline. Uh, mine would be, it's not Leon the Professional in Space, therefore it fails. Uh, what about you, Erica? <laughs> um, I guess Luke Besson needs to get together with... Uh, what's his face about avatar and their whole james like white guilt thing i don't yeah. know yeah james cameron and luke besson are gonna make a blue alien movie next. oh wait how about your hashtags just uh hashtag me too <laughs> <laughs> yes basically hashtag me too in space <laughs> all right and with that that brings us to the close of our episode 16 of cinemazing chats about valerian uh it's been delightful chatting with you joe mm, same here thanks for having me Definitely. Uh, and it's been great talking with you too, Erica. Good chatting with y'all. So until next time, this has been Cinemazing Chats. <laughs>